0: and well met everyone. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a podcast by a nerd for other nerds that love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather and I'll be your host as we journey into the wondrous land of information. Hi everyone, welcome back to Geek Thyself. This week we're going to be discussing an item that I feel very strongly about. I'm a huge cat lover and I've worked at a cat-only veterinary hospital for over 12 years now. So today we're going to be discussing household items that are dangerous to cats. These are everyday items. Most houses have at least one of them, if not multiple of them. And it's something that a lot of people aren't aware can actually cause some major health conditions and major health issues for their pets. So before I get into discussing all of the different household items that I'm going to cover today, I just want to throw out a quick disclaimer for everyone listening. I have worked in the veterinary field for over 12 years, and specifically in a cat-only veterinary hospital. So the topic I'm discussing today is something I actually have a lot of experience with, as well as something that I have a lot of education regarding. However, I am not a veterinarian and every cat is different. And regardless of what you hear from me in this podcast, if your cat does get into something or gets a hold of something that you're not sure is safe for them, please, please make your number one priority being to contact your veterinarian. If you can't get a hold of your veterinarian that you normally see, there are lots of emergency hospitals all over the country, all over the world, that even if they can't see your cat because they're too far or because for some reason you can't take them in, at least they can give you some advice and information or let you know, hey, this is really, really serious. You need to get your cat somewhere as soon as possible. Because that's information that even listening to this podcast, you're not necessarily going to immediately know. So please, please, if your cat gets into something or your dog, any pet in your household gets into something and you don't know that it's safe for them to have it, please contact your veterinarian as soon as possible. I'm going to start off discussing some of the actual items themselves that can cause issues. And then after the break, when we come back from hearing about our sponsor, I'm going to discuss certain foods That Again, very common, most houses have at least one of them, but those foods can also be very toxic to cats, and I'll give you more information on exactly why, as well as which ones they are. So the first item I want to discuss today is something that unfortunately is very prevalent in our media, online, on TV, in cartoons. You always see cats especially kittens, playing with the cute little balls of yarn and they get all tangled up in them. Or you see people playing with them with thread and string. And unfortunately, any type of yarn, thread, string, ribbon, tinsel, anything like that can actually be incredibly dangerous for your cat to have access to. And it's something that Most people don't realize because, like I said, in media, we see the cute little kitten playing with the ball of yarn. So everyone assumes it's all right. and it's actually very, very bad for their health if they start to chew on it or specifically swallow it. Unfortunately, if they do swallow that string, what can happen is referred to as a gastrointestinal obstruction due to a linear foreign body. What this roughly translates to in everyday terms is a GI blockage. So something is causing the food and the fluids to not flow through the intestines properly. The linear foreign body refers to anything that is long and thin. So string, thread, yarn, fishing line, I mean, anything like that can cause this type of obstruction. The reason that it's so dangerous for them, well, there's actually a couple. One of them, obviously, is that if the food cannot process through the intestines correctly, they're not going to be able to process their food and get all the nutrients they need from it. They're also not going to be able to pass stool properly, which means things can get backed up in other ways. Another problem, and it's actually the much, much bigger problem, is that they can actually get perforations or lacerations inside their intestinal wall. What this means is that they can have holes, the perforations, or cuts, the lacerations, in the wall of their intestines. This is a very big problem for, honestly, any animal, human, or cat, or dog that it happens to, because you are not supposed to have holes and cuts inside of your intestinal wall. What can then happen is that all of the fluid from your intestines, which is filled with bacteria, Bacteria that we need to digest our food, but bacteria nonetheless, can end up inside the abdominal cavity. That bacteria is not supposed to be there, should not be there, and that bacteria can then cause major infections, and these major infections can lead to sepsis, which can ultimately lead to death. Now, the way that this obstruction occurs in the first place is that that string or thread, whatever they've gotten a hold of, ends up anchored at one point. So whether it gets wrapped around the tongue or gets stuck somewhere along the way in the intestinal tract, one end of that string gets stuck somewhere, and the rest of it keeps going because your intestines are naturally going to want to carry things down through the path that it's supposed to take. The problem is that the string can only go so far, and since your intestines can move, the intestines end up getting bunched up like an accordion inside of the abdomen, which is not supposed to happen. That twisting and bunching leads to the obstruction, meaning the cat can't get anything out, and it also is what causes those lacerations and perforations because the squishing and the string rubbing against things that it's not supposed to be are what trigger those issues. It also happens more with sharp items. So thread is very thin and because it's so thin has an easier time going through the intestinal wall. Also things like tinsel or things like ribbon, you know, packaging ribbon that you put on birthday presents. Those types of strings have a very sharp edge. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I've cut myself on them before, you know, like a little paper cut. So imagine that inside your intestines. It's not a good thing and it can cause a lot of major issues. So despite what the media presents to us, the cute cat with the little ball of string, it's really not a good idea. And also, I saw this going around online not that long ago. Maybe it was a few months, maybe last year, I don't remember. But it was a picture or a post basically talking about this woman laughing, saying, oh yeah, my cat had a string sticking out of its butt. I had to pull on it. Please do not do that. Do not do that. She is very lucky that her cat did not have any major issues from that. If you pull on that string, if you do see it sticking out, it can cause major trauma. Pulling on that string, if it's caught on anything at any point in the intestinal tract, can cause those lacerations and perforations that I was telling you about. So if you do see a string or thread or anything like that sticking out of your cat, please do not pull on it and call your veterinarian right away. The next item that I want to talk about is another one that, as I mentioned earlier, you know, lots of households have these, and sometimes they can be fine, but that is houseplants. Now there's a lot of houseplants out there that are not toxic to cats, but unfortunately some of them are, and some of them are so toxic that they can actually even cause kidney failure. There's a lot of different houseplants, there's no way for me to cover every single one, there's just too many. What I do recommend is if you have plants in your house, or if you're thinking of bringing a plant into the house, go to the ASPCA's website, www.aspca.org. And if you put toxic plants in the search bar that they have at the top of the screen, the very first link that pops up is actually a link for a list of different toxic plants. They have a different list for plants that are toxic for cats, dogs, and horses, and they also have lists there of plants that are not toxic to cats, dogs, and horses. They might have others. Those are specifically the ones I know they have there. However, it's really good information because a lot of house plants, the toxicity level can vary, but a lot of house plants, if your cat chews on them, are not good for them. Most house plants that cause toxic issues or are considered toxic are mainly going to cause things like vomiting and diarrhea which are still not good but they're not necessarily deadly however it's not recommended to have those plants around your cat because if they eat enough of it it could cause major issues and or trigger some other type of health issue the big 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 bad in terms of house plants and plants in general for cats are lilies. Now, specifically, it is lilies that are part of the Lilium or the Hemerocallis species. So there are certain things that get called lilies that aren't technically lilies and can be safer. My general recommendation is anything that says lily just should not go near your cat. What these lilies do is they actually cause kidney failure, which is a major health concern for anyone who doesn't know, kidneys are one of your many organs that cannot regenerate themselves. So if you go into kidney failure, there is no way to reverse the damage that has already been done to your kidneys. There might be treatments, there might be things you can do that will extend comfort and life, but there's nothing you can do to actually fix the kidney itself. And to treat kidney failure is a very long process, and honestly, unless it's caught quick enough, it can't always be ameliorated very well. It can't always be dealt with as easily because if the kidney function is too far gone, the cat's not going to be able to comfortably and happily live. It needs its kidneys to survive just like the rest of us and if they're not functioning properly, for obvious reasons, it's going to cause them major problems as well as a lot of nausea, vomiting, they're going to feel weak. It's going to be... A very painful, uncomfortable, and unpleasant end. I've unfortunately been there when several people have had to let their cats go because of this lily toxicity. And it's just like the eating string, it's not a happy or pleasant subject. And it's not something that I necessarily enjoy discussing. It honestly makes me very sad. However, I will talk about lily toxicity, or keeping cats away from string, or any of the other things I'm going to mention during the rest of the podcast, I I will talk about those until I can't talk anymore, until I go blue in the face, if it means that I help even one person keep their cat safe. The next thing that I'm going to talk about is something that I do think people are more aware of in terms of it potentially being toxic for their cats and that's human medications. So there's a lot of human medications that are safe for different species. However, there's also a lot that are not, and there's quite a few that can actually even cause things like liver failure or severe anemia or other issues, things like seizures, things like muscle tremors, neurological issues. It it runs the gamut. All the side effects you can think of There is a medication out there that you and I can take that will harm our cat in that way. That's pretty much just the way it goes. Specifically, the ones that we see the most of in terms of just accessibility, you know, almost every household has them, and therefore there's a lot higher chance of a cat getting a hold of one, are pain medications. Acetaminophen, which is more often referred to by the brand name Tylenol, or ibuprofen, so things like Advil. Those are very toxic for cats and can cause liver failure. In some cases, liver failure can be treated. The liver can regenerate itself to a certain degree, but depending on how much of those medications your cat got a hold of, as well as you know other health factors and also how long it's been since they ingested it, the chances of the cat recovering and having their liver start working normally again can vary a lot from cat to cat it's definitely something where if you know your cat got a hold of one you need to call your vet right away another one similar type of medication that we see in most households is aspirin now aspirin also is toxic to cats it can be used in very low doses and only under the direction of a veterinarian to treat certain issues Aspirin, though, should only be administered by a veterinarian's direction because it can be toxic to cats in too high a dose. It can lead to things like bone marrow suppression, bleeding because of blood thinning. It can also lead to some liver issues like liver inflammation, kidney disease, and stomach ulcers. The reason for this is that cats don't metabolize the aspirin as quickly as we do. It sticks around in their system a lot longer And the way they process it can then cause them some of these issues if they get too much of it or if they get it too often. So aspirin should only be administered by the direction of a veterinarian. And just in general, it's recommended not to give your cats any type of human medications or treatments, really, that you haven't run by your veterinarian already. Unfortunately, even some things that are out there that specifically say they're for cats and dogs can be items that are not necessarily good for your particular pet. So I always recommend touching base with your veterinarian before starting anything like that that's over-the-counter. If there's some reason that you can't get a hold of your veterinarian, then there are also some poison hotlines that you can call that are specifically designed for animals. One of them is the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center. Their phone number is 1-888-426-4435. The other one I know of is called the Pet Poison Helpline. Their phone number is 1-855-213-6680. Now, unfortunately, both of those services do have a fee. I don't know of any that are free except for calling your veterinarian and seeing if they know about the toxicity levels of a particular item. If it comes down to it, they are a very, very good resource. And so if you need to, those are the numbers to call. Now we're going to take a break to hear some words from our sponsor as well as find out more about some of the other shows here at NerdSmith and when we come back, I'll be discussing foods that are either not safe for your cat to eat or that are not really recommended, and I'll explain why. Welcome to the Birchfield Institute. My name is Ren. How can I help you? Oh, new faces. Hi. You come looking for stories? Well, this place is nothing if not full of them. Stick around. I've got some of the best. Threads in the Veil, an audio drama series coming soon to nerdsmith.org. The audio drama is going to follow along with the antics of the Shenanigoons, which is an actual play D&D podcast that I'm also a member of. And the writer behind Threads in the Veil is Angela, one of our other directors and a fellow shenanigan, who's also one of the people that helped write the Critical Role Hamilton musical that exploded on the internet a few weeks ago. So I definitely recommend checking that one out. for dice a tanker for ale <laughs> Check out the store. Dicebard is a great site, and I definitely recommend that you check out the store. They've got a lot of great dice and a lot of great apparel and merchandise. So it's just all around a lot of fun to look through everything they've got. That's dicebard.com, and you can get free expedited shipping with the special coupon code GEEK. Now that we've heard about some of the other NerdSmith shows out there, and again, I strongly recommend Threads in the Veil, as well as heard a word from our sponsors, I'm going to continue this episode with a list of different foods that are not good for your cat to have. Now, some of these are more toxic than others, and I'm going to go through that as we go through the different ones. I'm going to start off with eggs, specifically raw eggs. A small amount of cooked egg, provided your veterinarian thinks it's all right for your cat's diet, is okay, but it needs to be fully cooked. If it's not fully cooked, then there's a chemical in the egg whites called avidin that will actually bind with the biotin in your cat's system and make it so that they can end up getting a biotin deficiency. Primarily, it's going to be affecting things like coat and skin, so it's not life-threatening necessarily, but it's still not good, and in high enough doses, it could cause them more of a problem. You also have to worry about things like salmonella and E. coli, just like with any raw food. So generally speaking, raw eggs, not a good idea, and cooked eggs, only with your veterinarian's recommendations or if they tell you how much is okay. The next one is tuna fish. Now, canned tuna fish is something that most of us know your cats will go crazy for if they hear you opening the can. Mine rush me in the kitchen when I open a can of tuna fish, and that's just how it is, because it smells amazing to them. The problem is, it's not a balanced diet. So if you're giving them a tiny amount as a treat now and then, that's okay. Moderation is okay. The problem occurs when you give them too much, or if you're giving it to them very, very regularly because they're not gonna get the nutrition they need out of the straight tuna fish, and also, it can lead to mercury poisoning if they get way too much of it, because the tuna fish does have some mercury in it, and since cats are so much smaller than us, it doesn't take as much of the mercury to cause them a problem. The next one is an item that's okay in moderation, but again, should only be given in small amounts, and I would recommend talking to your veterinarian first, and that's milk. This gets portrayed in media all the time as, you know, cats lapping up the bowl of cream and they love it. And a lot of cats do like milk and cream and ice cream and things like that. However, it shouldn't be given to them in large doses because just like a lot of people, most cats are lactose intolerant. Just like humans, they lose that ability to process the lactose as they get older and don't need to drink milk anymore. So what happens is if you give a cat too much milk, you can cause a lot of GI upset and or diarrhea, specifically a lot of diarrhea if they get too much of it because it'll make their stool very soft. So again, milk can be okay in moderation and per your veterinarian's instructions, but not recommended to just give your cats a bunch of it or a big bowl of it like what you see on TV. The next one, again, is one that's okay in moderation or if they get a hold of a couple pieces of it, but it's not recommended to give your cats dog food. Dogs and cats, despite both being mammals that we keep as house pets, are not the same animal, and their food is not balanced the same because they don't have the same dietary needs. So the food that you give to your dog might be a great food, but that doesn't mean that it's going to give your cat the nutrition it needs. Small doses, or if they get a hold of a couple pieces when you're filling the dog bowl, in most cases that's not going to cause them a big problem unless they have a different medical issue, but... It can lead to malnourishment if all you feed them is dog food. Liver is also something that you shouldn't give your cat too much of. Small doses, again, giving it in moderation, that's okay, and I would still recommend talking to your veterinarian about it, especially if you're planning to give anything raw, but liver in general, if there's too much of it in their system or if they're given too much, it can cause vitamin A toxicity. Vitamin A toxicity can lead to a lot of severe bone issues such as osteoporosis or abnormal bone growths, and in some more serious cases it can lead to death if they have too much of the vitamin A in their system. Now I'm going to get into some foods that are more toxic than the ones I've mentioned so far. I'm going to start off with one that a lot of people realize is bad for dogs, but they don't necessarily catch on that it's also bad for cats, and that's chocolate. Specifically, there's a chemical in chocolate called theobromine, and it's in all types of chocolate, including white chocolate. This chemical can cause abnormal heart rhythms, tremors, seizures, and if they eat way too much of it, it can even cause death. So definitely keep chocolate away from your cats as well as your dogs. Another one is onions. Now, onions are a spice we use in a lot of different foods, as well as garlic and chives. The onions can cause anemia which for obvious reasons is not good. You're not supposed to be anemic. You need your blood to pump oxygen to all the different parts of your body. The garlic and chives generally cause more of a GI upset issue, but in large doses could cause a more serious problem. So again, not recommended to give it to them. Another big one is alcohol. Now, alcohol is also bad for humans, as we've learned, you know, medically, it can cause you liver problems and other issues. It can do the same to your cat, but your cat is significantly smaller than you are, so they need a lot less of it in order to cause them a problem. Even just a few teaspoons of a strong alcohol, such as whiskey or a different grain alcohol, can be enough to cause symptoms of alcohol toxicity in your cat and or cause a coma, that's how susceptible they are to it. So definitely keeping alcohol away from your cat is recommended. I also recommend keeping them away from something that's not necessarily thought of as as big a deal by you and me, but that can cause them a lot of problems, and that's gum. Specifically, gum that contains xylitol. Now, xylitol can also be found in things such as toothpaste, and it's a low-calorie sweetener, so it's often used in a lot of diet foods, but for cats, and actually for dogs also, it can be toxic. It can cause an increase in insulin, which then drops their blood sugar, and it can also cause liver failure. Some of the symptoms you might see include things like vomiting, lethargy, loss of coordination. They can also have seizures. The liver failure can occur as quickly as in a few days. So, if you see your cats going after a piece of gum, or anything like that, just really be careful and make sure that you're keeping them away from your cat. Speaking of diet foods, things like diet sodas can also have another chemical in them that is bad for cats, and that's caffeine. Now, caffeine for you and me, in general, for most people, can be tolerated fairly well. It makes us more alert, more awake, but just like in Us, if they have too much of it, it can cause cats a big problem. Cats are more susceptible to the caffeine because, again, they're smaller. Their bodies process a smaller amount of caffeine at the same level that you and I would process tons of energy drinks. So a small amount of caffeine can cause cats to be very restless. It can cause rapid breathing, heart palpitations, and muscle tremors. So the same symptoms that you would expect to see from someone who's downed a whole case of Red Bull is also what you can look for in a cat that's gotten into caffeine and might be having an episode because of it. Coffee, tea, energy drinks, soda, any of those, definitely something you should keep away from your cat. The next food item is something that's I don't think quite as common to find in most people's houses nowadays, but it's actually yeast dough. So dough that's rising with yeast in it. This yeast dough is a problem for two reasons. One is that because it's got yeast in it, it's going to expand and it can expand inside their stomach after they eat it, causing them a lot of GI discomfort and or possibly causing some trauma to their stomach depending on how much they ate. That's not a good thing. The other reason is because the yeast causes a fermentation inside the dough and that fermentation is going to lead to alcohol. And again, like I mentioned earlier, alcohol is very bad for cats and can cause alcohol toxicity. So in a secondary way, yeast dough can cause alcohol toxicity in cats if they eat it. The last food that I'm going to talk about today is actually something that I think more people are aware of as being a problem for cats, because I remember growing up and being told not to give this to the cats, and that's chicken bones. Now, chicken bones splinter very easily, and bones in general are also not good for the same reason. They splinter, and that splintering can cause trauma inside the esophagus. It can cause trauma in the stomach. It can also cause obstructions, which I mentioned earlier, if they end up getting too much of it in there. And also, they can cause lacerations, again, in the throat, as well as in the intestines, because the bones are very sharp, especially after they splinter when they've chewed on them. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Geek Thyself. Now, there are other things out there that are toxic for your pets, and like I mentioned earlier, I would highly recommend keeping that ASPCA hotline, as well as the Pet Poison helpline handy. And also I would recommend if you're going to bring a houseplant in or if you have a houseplant already that you check out the SPCA's website to see if your houseplant is safe for them or if you should perhaps think about moving it to an area they can't get to or even getting rid of it depending on how attached you are to the plant. I know that personally for me and my husband we do have houseplants. I make sure to look them up online before I bring it into the house and I also put the toxic ones outside. Doesn't mean you can't have them at all. You just need to take extra precautions, especially if you have a cat that likes to chew on the plants. We do. My cat Mowgli actually loves to chew on plants. So for him in particular, we have to be extra careful to make sure that we don't let him get near them. And again, please consult with your veterinarian if your cat or any other pet gets into something and you're not sure that it's safe for them. Please remember to check out the other wonderful podcasts and productions here at nerdsmith.org. I'll be back next week with a new and interesting topic. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself.